gaming has always been about having fun, whether you're playing by yourself or playing with a friend or, or playing online. It doesn't matter. You're doing it because you love it. And welcome to another episode of Winging It. I am your host, Rob, and I've got two awesome guests, uh, two personal friends of mine on today's show, two very, very special uh, people to me and very, very special people in the gaming community. I've got Matt and Michelle from Team Mayhem. How you guys doing? Doing hey. well. <laughs> it's good to finally, you know, we, we've been friends on Facebook for at least two, three years now. This is the first time we've ever actually talked, so this is really cool. Yeah, it's great to go from text to voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, no, I've, I've watched you guys uh, do all sorts of you know world record runs and everything, so I feel like I've, I've known you guys for quite some time, so it's really cool to finally have you on the show to ask you some official questions and everything. But I guess I could start out with, with one question here. Tell us what Team Mayhem's all about, and, and how long have you guys been together as a, this totally dynamic team? I'll tell the story of Mayhem if you want, sure. of how the name Mayhem came about. And then you can tell the story of how the team thing came. Mm -hmm. All right. So our, the story of Mayhem is uh, that was actually our very first official date was uh, the Mayhem Fest at the PNC Arts Center in oh, Jersey. And wow. Megadeth was playing. Yes headlining and um or one of the headliners and we actually being in the megadeth fan club both of us at the time had won backstage passes to meet the band so it was just a pretty cool thing that it was it was our very first date i mean we met before that but i had said to matt you know that's how i kind of reeled them in i said <laughs> Lured I, I lured him in. I'm lured like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I have an extra concert ticket to Mayhem to see Megadeth. Don't you want to go? That's when you go, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually when we needed a name. We were just like Mayhem. There was no question about it. Yeah, in fact, it was sort of an inside joke with a lot of our friends at the fan club. Whenever we'd go into the, uh, the, chat, the, chat, room. Chat, the, uh, the fan club's chat room, uh, you know, it was a public chat room, so anybody could just, you know, jump in on you at any time, so... In order to get a little bit of privacy, we created like a subroom and called it. It may we have called it mayhem. And password protected, so and then like, people couldn't get in. They're yeah. like, "Oh, mayhem is at it yeah, again!" <laughs> wow, what a what a first date. That is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, we get together, we get to go to see a great show, and we get to meet the band at the mm -hmm. same time. So it was kind of a uh, I wouldn't even call it a Reese's Cup moment because it wasn't just two great things; it was three great things. <laughs> so it really was, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I, I got to ask, how was Dave Mustaine in person? Excellent. Actually, very cool. I mean, I, I had met him a couple times before where he, he seemed like he was just maybe a little tired and a little run down. But that particular day, he had a, had a decent amount of energy in him. And he seemed to be in a bit of a joking mood. Yeah. <laughs> if you could see the look on my face now, I probably would not agree. <laughs> really? I, although, no, I don't want to say he was not cool. Because he was cool. But he's Dave Mustaine. I don't know. I'm, my sales lost a little bit of wind that day, I think. But Wow. Yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. It's It wasn't a terrible experience. I mean, it was absolutely great. The other guys in the band um, at the time, Chris Broderick, uh, he was yeah. amazing. And they thought it was the coolest thing that we met in their fan club. Right. 
Wow. And we were just like, wow, Sean Drover was great, David Ellison. He was a little bit like Dave, but again, they weren't jerks, but, you know, they were rock stars. So. Yeah, sure, sure. I think it's just it's the benefit of contrast. That was the first yeah. time Michelle had ever met. Yeah, I had never band. met I, them. I had met the band on a couple other occasions, and those other times, you know, I wouldn't want to say Dave was abrasive, but you could tell he was a pretty road weary at that point. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. And by the way, keep that on the you know the back of your minds because I just might you know surprise you with a uh, pop quiz here in a uh, little bit. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. That's right. That's right. Keeping you on your toes. So um, let's go uh, shift gears here to the whole kind of gaming realm because. For those of you who might not be familiar with Team Mayhem, I'll tell you what I know. Uh, first of all, you guys are just huge, huge in the uh, retro gaming community. You guys are always doing, um, I, w I wouldn't call them charities so much, as you guys are basically gaming for a good cause, you know, whatever it might be. And um, I, I just find that so admirable. And you guys are also world record holders of so many different games on, is it Super Mario Brothers and... Balloon fight for the NES that you guys hold the world record for? Uh, it's actually the the original Mario Bros. Mario Bros. That's what it was. Yeah, the the uh, the uh, port of the arcade version. That is a hard game. My goodness, I was playing that with uh, my buddy Josh on the ColecoVision, and I just I have so much respect for you guys because I am absolutely terrible at that game. <laughs> Every bit uh, as it is uh, difficult on the NES, it's even harder on the arcade version. We've oh been, my gosh! Oh really? With that on and off yeah, through emulation. Yeah, we would love through, to be able to do that. Through various arcade visits, and yeah, it's a whole different beast entirely. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. It, what blows my mind about what you guys do is it's just it's a lot of work. I consider it like an athletic event because you guys are putting in your time. You're memorizing patterns. You guys have so much skill and hand-eye coordination to be able to set these records, and not to mention determination, stamina to do it. It's just... It blows my mind what you guys do, and um, I didn't even know competitive gaming was a thing, and I, I'm ashamed to admit this till the King of Kong documentary came out. I mean, I didn't know. I had no idea. Don't you know be. what? Don't don't be Rob because until 2011, when I met Matt, I had no idea either, and I've been I've been playing video games my entire life, so. You know, I've considered myself a gamer or, you know, video game player, whatever, my entire life. And I had no idea until I met Matt. And um, and actually, I think if you polled most of the competitive gamers today, the vast majority of them that know, are aware of King Galaxies are aware because of King of Kong. Yeah. Myself included. Uh -huh. I found about it when the G4 network ran the King of Kong in May of 2008, Memorial Day weekend. Yep. For, I remember when they first uh, premiered that. That was when I saw it because I remember they kept advertising. I was like... I was just like, oh my gosh, I hate Billy Mitchell, which later on I found out cool guy, yeah. the coolest guy in the world. He really he's a great guy. Happy birthday, Billy. He's yeah, 50 today. Today's his 50th. Wow, so. wow. I'll tell you a secret. I've touched his hair. <laughs> he let me touch his hair. I was going to say, he lets you. <laughs> he lets me, and I straighten his tie for him, and I and I pick out what color suits he's going to wear. So. And, and is the hair every bit as perfect as it oh looks? Oh my God, his hair is immaculate. <laughs> Must be nice. And it smells amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Kong was definitely the entry point for a lot of people. And, and as Walter would tell you, if you ever get a chance to meet him, Kong was cleverly edited to paint. Basically, it, it, they created a movie that was a lot like an 80s pro wrestling match. You had the, yeah. the sure good guy and Steve Weeby versus the ultra heel and Billy Mitchell. It was basically like, you know, Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. Or oh, nice. Sting versus Ric Flair. Basically, Ric Flair versus Babyface of the moment. You know, yeah, Billy Mitchell would be the analog in competitive gaming to Ric Flair. 
if you went by that movie, but it turns out that, you know, Billy Mitchell is actually one of the nicest guys you can beat, and he's, you know, he's very confident, but I wouldn't say arrogant, but he's got a very dry sense of humor that <laughs> might put some people off, but if you know him, he's, he's a real big-hearted guy, yes, and he loves he Walter. I mean, he's like a son to him. That is so cool. Yeah, and, and that's something I found out after the fact, a little bit later on, that, you know, he's actually one of the one of the nicest, most generous guys that you'd yeah. ever meet. Absolutely. So I got to ask you guys this, you know, what was the first game that really got you into gaming? My game? Ooh, that's a hard one, because I don't really have a lot of memories from a really long time ago, hence the 80s. Um, <laughs> you know what? One of the biggest draws for me back in the day was probably uh, Space Invaders on the Atari 2600. It was huge, huge for me. Um, and then Asteroids, and um, then Tetris. I just remember those three games. I spent days, <laughs> days and months playing and trying to perfect and, you know, being so excited that I could, I remember Asteroids, like, rolling it over, and I was just like, oh, that's freaking awesome. Wow, you were, no like, kidding. So you were, you were setting high scores very early on. Yeah, but I didn't know it. I was just, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was more of like, hey, friends, check me out. You know, it wasn't really like anything <laughs> else. That's bragging rights. It's bragging rights. Ever yeah, it the, was just bragging Ever rights. since the first arcade machine that got a, a high score table in it had one, that it all became about topping somebody else and getting bragging rights. Right, right. And I did grow up in the 80s when the arcades were huge. Uh, I particularly was not a mall rat, but I have plenty of friends that were. Uh, my family couldn't afford for me to sit in the arcade for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. If I had a dollar, you know, I had to make it last like forever. So I was more into the home consoles and playing at home and things like that. So, yes, I grew up in the video craze, so to speak, but I was more of a console person because that's what my family could afford. So, so was the Atari your first console? Uh, um, my very first console was a... Uh, Vic 20. Oh, wow. The Vic. Dad, and I had no idea what to do with it. <laughs> and I like, I have just, I have a picture of myself and my dad. It's one of the earliest pictures of me gaming. And my dad's laying on the floor and we're just staring at this TV screen. I don't think we had any idea what we were doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, uh, but my real, my first love console was the Atari 2600. Awesome. I still have all my games. Uh, actually, I have my console as well. Well, I mean, for me, my first exposure to gaming was the 2600 at a friend's house. But for me personally and for my family, the first console we had was in a television. Um, my mother actually bought it off of a coworker, uh, so it was secondhand. But uh, the first game I think that really pulled me in was the only video game that my father has ever taken any kind of uh, interest in playing. It's a game called Night Stalker. Ooh, I've not played that one. Yeah. It's a, it's a great game. You are basically trapped in a maze being stalked by robots, bats, and spiders. You get a gun, and you get six bullets per, per gun, and you, once you're out, the gun reappears somewhere else. So it's basically, it's stay alive. It's a survival game. But, I mean, the whole Intellivision fleet of games are great, but once it got to the NES era, that's when it really, the video gaming crazy kicked in the high gear with games like, I mean, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Mega Man 2, Castlevania. Those games, the games, I think once games got to me, got, got an ending, a final boss and an ending, a, a you know, because the earlier games, early consoles, is all about high score chasing yeah, and uh -huh. then yeah. a lot of them didn't have ends. When you can reach a close end and achieve a goal, save the princess, mm -hmm. stop the evil mastermind, uh, you know, vanquish the vampire, 
that's when it really clicked in because it was that sense of, all right, I've achieved something. I've done something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really helped. You know, kind of going back to the Crash era, you know, do you guys remember that? Or, or was it something you were playing games all along? Do you even remember there being a so-called Crash and everything? Not really. Uh, I, I was pretty young at the time. Uh, I was born in 79, so by the time I became really cognizant of arcade games, the Crash is probably already in, in its midst. Right, yeah. Major, major arcade era, as somebody who actually play games, was in the 90s. You know, with the Mortal Kombat, the Street Fight, Neo Geo machines. I was glued to a Neo Geo machine throughout the 90s at my local pizzeria, just <laughs> playing um, playing games like Three Count Bell, Puzzle de Pawn, Fatal Fury, ah. you know, those games that I kind of cut my teeth on as far as an arcade player in the 90s. Yeah, and like I I said, I didn't really spend much time in the arcades to begin with. Right. So once they really started dying out, it was just like, oh, all right, well, that's a bummer. (laughs) Still got my Atari. (laughs) I had a dollar. (laughs) What's it closed for? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember my dad, he'd uh, let me cut his lawn for $3. And I'd take that 3 bucks, and I'd go to the arcades, and I'd be there for about a a half hour. I'm like, dang, I'm broke now. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. You gotta go home and stir your grass. Yeah. My dad played was integral in um, my love of gaming. And really? Often, absolutely. He, right from the beginning, just propelled me forward. He would sit and watch. He would drive me down to the deli and watch me play like Donkey Kong Jr. and Ms. Pac-Man. Oh, and, how cool is that? You know, and he would just stand there. So he, yeah, he was very intri- integral in, in my love of video games. I think fathers do play a, a big role in that. Because like I said, my dad was interested in one game, one game only for the television. But uh, the television set in such a way that, you, you know, for games like Night Stalker, you actually could control the one character with the two different controllers. So we used to play this game. We used to play the game where he would move the guy around and I would operate the gun. You know, the direction in which the gun was shot. So he had guys operating the same guy. And it was a real nice bonding experience for us. And really, that's what made me fall in love with the game and, and pursue it and pick it up again years later. It was really just to, to revisit that with him and, and you know, relive that all again. Oh, that that's so cool. So I got to ask you guys this. You know, so you guys are talking about a lot of consoles here. So if you could pick just one console, and I know this is tough, but if you could just pick one that's your personal favorite, which one would it be? Do I have to be retro? Oh, anyone you want. Uh, PS3. Really? Well, now, why is that? You know what? My PS3 is so near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine. You know, I'll tell you, too. When I got divorced, that was the first thing I went out. He took the PS3. I went out and bought another one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the only thing you missed, right? <laughs> the only thing I missed. The only thing I missed. But uh, a retro console, I would pick the NES. Oh, awesome. Oh, the variety of the games. Yeah, I mean, for me, my heart is torn. The Intellivision was my first and will always have a special spot in my heart. Uh, I guess from my solo records, it's probably where I had the most notable records from, too, was in the Intellivision. But just out of sheer love and passion, it's it's the NES. Like I said, that is the game-changing console. That's the one that... It really that, was the game-changing. That really propelled it forward. I mean, it is, you know, it is the console that saved video games in North America, at least. Yeah. Some Absolutely. That no. Worldwide, it wasn't that bad of a crash, but at least in North America, you know, the, it, it put gaming back on the on the radar and mm-hmm. in a positive trajectory. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that was uh, the the one I started on. That was my very, very first system. I was uh, born in 86, so, uh, I, I mean, I grew up right during the NES era. But later on, it was so cool when I finally kind of got in this whole retro community, I guess, around... 
you know, probably about 10 years ago, I found out about all these consoles I didn't even know existed because I'd never seen my, my friends didn't have. I, I'm ashamed to admit this, you know, being on a retro gaming podcast, but I didn't even know what a Magnavox Odyssey was. You know, I had no, no idea what that was. I didn't know what a Vectrex was, you know, 15 years ago. So, a lot of us didn't. I mean, yeah. 15 years ago, if you're, a lot of people were on the internet, but not everybody's, not, obviously, some degree that there is today. There's right. no wealth of information out there. Unless you were fortunate enough to live mm-hmm. through that era, Live in, an area, live in the air in the in the area of the world in some cases where the the, the console was more it's prevalent. Um, I mean, I didn't know about you know beyond the, the the major consoles that everybody had. In fact, people I ran into in the nineties and two thousands, I had to explain to them what a television was. Right. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. ColecoVision, they knew Atari twenty six hundred. A television, unless they caught the George Clinton commercials way back in the day, you know, they, they had no idea what it was. But I mean, you just recently came into uh, possession of a Vectrex, right? Uh yeah. About um. Yeah, probably about a year ago, and oh gosh, I love it. I played one for the it's first fun. time mm-hmm. last did. September at the video game con here in Jersey. Oh and no I, way! Now I want one, but yeah, they're they're kind of hard to come by. They're yeah, cheap. yeah, they, they, yeah, they really are. Um, gosh, it, it's kind of exciting in a way because it's like, oh man, here's a whole universe full of stuff I didn't even know existed. So I'm playing a lot of these games for the first time, and you know that's why I listen to a lot of other retro gaming podcasts like Ferg's show. The Intellivisionaries, just just the ColecoVisions podcast. There's so many different shows I listen to just because I missed it all. So, you know, now I'm playing these games for the first time, and it's it's kind of neat. It's kind of like a neat, you know, fresh adventure. So, um, But, yeah, actually going back to what you were saying, Michelle, I can totally relate. You know, I like all games, so, you know, yeah. don't ever feel ashamed to, to, to no, admit I'm that. I'm definitely <laughs> not ashamed. I just don't want to offend anybody. Oh, gosh, you're not going to offend anybody. Are you kidding? <laughs> offense to it when I say I'm not I don't consider myself a retro gamer but um, well, I, you know I, what I, my favorite titles to me yes like Metal Gear is one of my most favorite series ever I played every single one um, but I will play I, I'll play my PS3 before I play it on Nintendo well, the exception I take sometimes is not so much you not considering yourself retro gamer it's really kind of the labeling I mean, uh, yeah, I don't like the late. Well, I, well, I love retro games with all my heart. I, I do play modern titles, too. Maybe not yes, the, the same titles That's everybody true. else does, but I, I'll i play the newest Mario Kart game. I'll play the newest iteration of Tetris they come out with. You know, it's just I may be a little more selective in my modern titles than in my retro, but still. He's not I'm, a cinematic guy. I'm a gamer. <laughs> I also, yeah, I'm not into first-person shooters. I'm not into games with lengthy cinematics to me if it's a... If it's basically a, a, a video game version of a choose-your-own-adventure book, I don't want anything to do with it. Right. <laughs> that's that's an interesting point you guys make up, you know, that basically we all enjoy games. Let, let me put it that way. You know, Video game enthusiasts. Absolutely. Up. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> but, you know, it's just what, whatever game's out there that, that we enjoy, that's what we enjoy. But that's not – we're not confined to just one category, you Absolutely know. Absolutely not. Absolutely no, not. And, and certainly I don't disrespect any of the people who enjoy other games. Like, I'm not really oh, yeah. enjoy first-person shooters, but I respect the heck out of those that can do it proficiently. And the he watched that... me play God of War yeah. and <laughs> my controller and be mad and not be able to pass that boss for weeks. Just because, <laughs> it, doesn't, just because it, doesn't, it doesn't appeal to my case as a player doesn't mean that I don't respect those to, to whom it does. It's, I mean, variety is the spice of life, as the, the old uh, saying goes. Uh, very and true. The more offerings, the more options out there, the better. That's my outlook too. I mean, I, I every now and then I'll see something on uh, Facebook or you know social media, just saying, 
I don't know, just just kind of throwing off on today's consoles and stuff like that. It's like, no, look, there, there's some people that enjoy modern gaming uh, just as much as they enjoy classic gaming. You know, it's just whatever floats your boat, whatever whatever you enjoy. Games That's are meant to be fun. It's plain and simple. Absolutely. And and life is too short to not enjoy the things you love. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make you a better or a worse person. I mean, the, the, the example of the moment is Pokemon Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have never been into Pokemon. I don't have any real inclination to pick up Pokemon Go and go at it. But you know what? I can appreciate the fact that it is taken off like a wildfire and it has opened up the world of Pokemon, not just to those who are already mainstays, but to a whole new world of people to enjoy. And it seems to be, you know, other than people walking in the traffic, <laughs> right, uh, right. it seems to be a, a pretty fun experience and, and no harm done. So, hey, you know what? God bless. You know, yep. you go out there and enjoy, catch a Pokemon. Love to hear the stories about it and yep. you know what Pokemon are where. And it's it's great. Oh yeah, you know, and I, I completely agree. And it's it's cool to see a lot of people that aren't even into gaming kind of play that game. So, exactly. you know, it's it's exciting to see that you know any, anybody can enjoy these games. Again, what with social media, it's so divided. As a matter of fact, what I see this week all over my Facebook wall is either a meme of somebody playing Pokemon Go or a meme of somebody bashing Pokemon bashing Go. It. Yeah. yeah. And, and calling us losers or something like you know, that. Life is too short. You I should... know. <laughs> There's so much negativity. That's one thing. You will never see Matt or myself ever engage in those negative. No, no I because, never have. You know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. I don't have to agree with it, but you're definitely entitled to it. I don't eat sushi. I don't have to be a fan of sushi. I don't expect every sushi restaurant out there to close down because I don't like it. <laughs> right. it's, it's not your cup of tea. Don't drink it. You want to get something else. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Know? <laughs> There's no need to bag on somebody else. Just go on and, and be happy and post positive things about the things that you like and let people post positive things about the things they like. And, hey, everybody's having fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. Live and let live. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I have always lived by the axiom that there's two things, to, to me, two primary objectives to being a part of the video game community. Uh, number one, to have fun, and number two, to make friends. If I'm not accomplishing either of those two, something's wrong. Yep. I love that. I love that. And I it's so funny that you bring that up. That's exactly what Landon and I wanted to do when we started this whole thing you know it's just like look if it's not fun anymore i don't want to be any part of it and have fun and be respectful you know right. to, to others and and just make friends and i've i've met so many such great people through That's this community i've met so many really really close friends uh including you two just great people that i would not have met had we not started podcasting so it's it's been a, such a positive influ influence in my life we couldn't agree more yeah, we feel this <laughs> That's why we're always promoting the good. There's so much negative out there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Especially in the gaming community. You, again, you'll never see us uh, bashing anyone. No. Uh, it's all about good. Doing the fundraisers, doing the campaigns, uh, pushing our friends, you know, projects and things like that. Because it, you have to. Yeah. It, it's, you have to. We're firm believers. If you don't have anything nice to say about something, say nothing say at, all. at all. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. My mom beat that into me. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's a microcosm for the world. I mean, you, it you is. Look at, you look at yeah. news. I, I don't want to soapbox too much, but you look at the news, especially at, like cable news or even internet news, and it's all dwelling in the negative. It's, it's all negative. negative. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Kimmy draws eyeballs. It sells. You know, it, it sells. sells it sells. It's money. But the truth be told, with every major attack or every major calamity that happens out there, there are a dozen or two great deeds being done. You know, there's people working stores, in kitchens yeah. or help working out at animal shelters that, that go completely uncovered. Ah, very true. I, I'm a firm believer in humanity, and I know it seems the media would have you think that we're on a uh, 
you know, a slippery slope to, 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 to hell. But I, I think, you know, we're every bit as strong as a, uh, as a people now as we ever were. It's just the focus now has because of money, because it draws eyeballs and, and ad rates has gone to the negative. But the truth is the good's still happening. It's just not getting press coverage. Very true. And you know what? It's just so cool to, that we can use gaming of, of all things to kind of spread that message. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right, let, let's let's uh, move uh, move forward a few years. So, what kind of was your first foot in the door to decide, hey, let's let's set a world record, you know, and let's be be a part of Twin Galaxies, you know? Take us through that transition because I've always been curious about this myself. You want me to to to, to run this run this one? Or? Yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> well, I had started with Twin Galaxies in 2008, before, about three years before we met. So I had already been comp- actively competing there as a single, as a, you know, an individual player, sitting solo. And uh, when we met in, in the summer of 2011, when we did the Mayhem uh, Fest show, um, there was an event coming up in the fall, in November of 2011, called the Twin Galaxies Film Festival, which Walter was heading up in Otumba, the place Twin Galaxies started. And, uh, yeah, he had invited me to come out. He, he was actually starting the, the first round of the official Twin Galaxies trading cards. And he had produced a card for me, and he wanted me to come out and acknowledge me with, you know, with an award. So I kind of turned to Michelle and said, hey, you know, would, would you like to come? Would you like to go? And Let's go to Iowa. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I asked the question that every single person ever asks us, what's in Iowa? <laughs> What's in Iowa? It's like, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, now, you know what? It, watch Field of Dreams. You'll know what to I just saw it for the I first time. I just saw it for like the first time, and I was like, well, it was she, great. She <laughs> I don't want to watch a baseball movie. I don't want to watch a baseball movie. It's not a baseball movie. Baseball is just the backdrop. So Absolutely. anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, and Michelle had not traveled that much in her life. I don't think she had ever left. I had never left the tri-state area. No, that's not true. I had been to Canada and Florida. But, I mean, really. Right, but I don't, had you ever left the Eastern time zone? No. Yeah, so. Never. It was a good opportunity for her to, to, to take a trip and, and get to see some of the country. But, yeah, we went out there, and there was the film festival. There was the, the uh, trading card signing slash award ceremony, and there were a couple other events. But one of the things they had going out there was actual live new games and competitions that world records on. And they had referees out there. Right, wow. so they were actually doing competition in between all the other events. <clears throat> and she set her first solo world records out there. very first one was on Rock Band 3. Sister Christian vocals. Wow, no kidding. And the second one was Stone Temple Pilots plush on vocals. Hey, so, world record, there you go. She shows up to her first event and she is hooked. Uh, yeah, that was my very first world record was at that event and I was hooked. I came home and I just recorded for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, and how cool is that? Records as I could. Right. Oh. And then shortly thereafter, it was sort of like, well, you know, you're setting records, I'm setting records. There are some cooperative tracks up there. Let's try our hand at it. So, yeah. and we did, and it was fun, and it just, the ball started rolling from there. So, I'd say late 2011 to now, it's just been a uh, an ongoing thing. And it's funny because like we've played video games. I, you've even said that when we first started talking, when you brought up video games, that that's what hooked him was the fact that I loved video well, games. <laughs> my, my exact quote was the the moment I knew that she was the one I was going to love. Was when I asked her, she goes, "Oh, I played arcade games." And I go, "Oh, well, what's your favorite arcade game?" And I'm thinking she's gonna come back with Donkey Kong, or Ms. Pack, or Pac-Man, one of the the, the, the standard, you know. Oh, let me let me grab an arcade game from the '80s that everybody knows. Asteroids. She comes back with Tempest. I'm like, "Wow, you won!" <laughs> I don't think she picked one that not everybody knows, but she picked a great one. Because Tempest is an awesome game. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 
And that's that's not a very common one to see. Like I, I didn't see it much when I was a kid. Yeah. No, you didn't. I mean, you saw them in the larger arcades because, but it, it was a popular title, but it really needed a bigger venue because it was such yeah. a big machine. But um, yeah, right away, like we almost never played any game against each other except for ice hockey on the NES. I really? His, I kicked his butt, by the way. But <laughs> I did because I love well, that I, game. I think we kind of went one on one because I think we played we played ice hockey and then we played double dribble. I think you yeah, double dribble, up. you killed I, me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got the three pointer going. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. Him over and over but again. every game we've ever played. We've it's always co-op. played co-op. Yeah. It's just because that's just who we are. Yeah. It's funny. It's no fun, really. It's no fun like, trying to beat each other. Yeah, we'd rather work together to yep. achieve a greater goal. Uh, absolutely. I remember seeing you guys. Um, I think you guys were trying to help somebody. It was uh, for a good cause, and you had a, a Twitch channel going. It, this is probably about a year ago, and you guys were playing um, Balloon Fight. And just kind of seeing you guys work together, and and Michelle, I remember you said that you were off that night, and I'm thinking, my goodness, I could never play balloon fight anywhere near what you guys were doing. But uh, I was, I just think it's so cool that you guys not only work together to set these world records, but you're doing it for a good cause. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Oh, of course, of course, man. And I just, I just think that's so cool. But uh, spend many, many hours on the phone, plotting and planning, because we do live apart. We don't live together. So um, we take notes. We, yeah, we, I mean, we've had conversations for three or four hours just wow. on how are we going to be, uh, how are we going to beat this stage or what are some of the different things we can do to make our play better? Yeah, or even just it's a matter of maybe improving, improving. One, one technique on a stage. Mm-hmm. You know, the stage has a 50-50% success rate. Well, we want to get that success rate up to 60-75% at certain times. So. Yeah, it's all right. Well, we normally do this, but how about if this time you you zig here you and I'll zig there? Yeah. Let's try that out. Yeah. And, I mean, we do everything short of doing you know professional sports style video review. You know, like yeah. sitting there reeling back. Okay, you see right there. Maybe next time you should go that way. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just do it in our heads. We do it in our heads because we play them so much. But I mean, we've even gone as far as to have like a Google Drive and take notes. Wow. Take notes in and go back and forth and just you know add different things to different levels that we can do and. Because that's, we don't want to just play. We want to be the best at what we do. Right. That's who we are as I mean, people. We do play certain games for fun. Sure. But we set our minds to setting a record. It's like we really want to push the limits. Yes. Of it. We don't just want to set a, a baseline that somebody can beat and we can turn around and come back and beat. Right. We want to set something that's going to be relatively difficult for somebody to beat. If not, in the case of certain max outs, impossible for them to beat. Right. And you said in the beginning, uh, Rob, that... Um, competitive gaming requires a lot of time it does and that's why we want it to be the best i'll be honest with you mario brothers is one of my least favorite that we play because it's so freaking tedious and i can't stand <laughs> my eyes start to bug out in water and by the end of our world record uh, i thought i was gonna die oh, i was just like i can't sit here any that was, longer <laughs> that was less for the, the, the fatigue more so that you had a full bladder. Yeah, I had a full bladder. Yeah. Oh, too. bless your heart. I don't have good kidneys. Yeah. Sometimes so. you're not allowed to pause. It's, no, it is there's no, one there's certain rules. Run, yeah. And then, you know, wherever you end, you end. And we really, no yeah, I mean, when we submit a record at that moment, we do honestly believe that this is the best that we can muster at time. We may go back and revisit it, and we do go back yeah. and revisit Mario Brothers, not too often, um, but we do. Probably not as often as I would like. Yeah, probably not. No, I understand. Yeah. It's it's for her. It's just it's it's struggling after 
two to three hours worth of play. To it's just very hard for me to pay that attention yeah. that long. In, in that particular game, <laughs> I'm the guy who's kind of driving the, all right, this is the level, this is the strats. I'm barking out basically. Orders. Well, we, I'd like it more to uh, like the quarterback yeah, receiver it's like relationship. Football. Yeah, like I'm the Joe Montana and she's the Jerry Rice. I'm calling the play. She's got to run the route. I just got to run the route. I got to make sure I, you know, get the ball. Or in this case, it's she's driving a lot of the action, you know, on the upper end, and I'm kind of backing up. But yeah, it, it gets hard because I'm I'm able to stay focused on something. All right, next level, next track. Next level, next track. Next level, next track. And she's just kind of waiting for I'm the input kind of to, to run through it. Yeah, so the other game, she's taking the lead. So it kind of it, it, it balances each game. Kind of. We find a natural dynamic based on our strengths relative to the game itself. That is so cool. That is so cool. Because uh, one thing I always respected is is how much work that competitive gamers uh, put into these these world records. It just blows my mind. So I, I want to kind of pick your brains about this because I've never actually talked to a competitive gamer before. So uh, let's use Mario Brothers as an example. Just give me a you know kind of a general idea of how you guys prep for these games i mean do you have notebooks full of stuff do you guys talk frequently because i know you guys have to you know wait a little while before you can meet up i mean tell me what goes through your mind you know explain the process of what it takes to be the best the absolute world best at something first and foremost you have to approach it and try to have fun you gotta pick a yes, game that you we like. always pick a game we like pick a game you hate because then you're just torturing yourself yeah. hours and hours on right it. and i uh, as much as mario Rose uh, tortures me. I do like the game. I love playing with Matt. I love, yeah. you know, that competitive. And that was really, was that our very first competitive game or was that our first retro competitive game? I guess first retro game. Our first competitive records were set on that uh, We Play Motion. Yeah, We Play Motion, which was almost even worse. Well, depending on the game. There yeah, are a bunch of sub-games. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, we first we play. Just so you know, and that's how you learn whether or not you love a game. And we, we try to really, we just play different things and try different avenues. And is this going to work? If we invest the time in this game, can we be really great at it? It kind of shakes out. You start off playing it, you start learning, mm -hmm. and it kind of starts to, to form itself. It forms itself, yeah. You know, as gamers, you're used to, to, to going into the game, or as regular video game enthusiasts, you're, regular, you're used to, to, to playing a game and kind of almost automatically, almost like a reflex repeating the things that you know mm -hmm. that, that work for you. So you start to develop your own patterns and strats, and then over time, as you start to progress and you start hitting that first plateau, that's kind of when you stop, look back, and go, okay, well, what do we need to do to make that next leap? Right. Maybe if you don't do this, I can do this, and this will work out, or we can get more points. Right. We're always trying to maximize the amount of points we can get as well. It's not just getting through a board. It's how many points can we get before we leave this board. And then also balancing risk-reward for the long term. Right, yeah. Well, taking this tactic might net us more points on this board, but it's, but it's not worth it. We have a three-life limit each. You know, if it's going to end up getting you killed more often it's than not. It's not worth it. you got to remember we're in this for the long haul. So sometimes you have to balance that, right. balance it out. But yeah. uh, for longer games, we will get down to actually physically we're taking down notes, notes yep. but for, for games like Mario Brothers where there is sort of a repetitive pattern that builds, you basically, that you, you get that programmed into your brain. Yeah, it really is, a, it's a program, and if you ever have a chance to watch us play Mario Brothers, um, you can hear, and it's funny because it's just like football, like Matt doesn't, he has certain 
uh, calls that he says, and I know exactly what he means, but no one listening <laughs> yeah. does. Most people in the world are. They have. They other think we're Michelle, nuts. Yeah, other than <laughs> understand what an odd crab is. Odd crab. I know what that means. That, or, that's that's the play call. Or. Take a penny, leave a penny. Take a penny, leave a penny. We have play calls for <laughs> See, you guys are literally a team. There you go. We are, but we love football too. So <laughs> we always say that, that our love of football, is uh, it shows that um, God has a sense of humor because he's an, a Philadelphia Eagles fan and I'm a New York Giants fan. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. We don't argue about football. No. <laughs> Very, we're very respectful about yes. each other's teams, yes. and, and when we face, it's a respectful thing because we don't want there to be, a, you know, sports level right. animosity. It's but yeah, healthy respect, and we, you know, whenever we do get uh, our feathers a little ruffled, we, we just remember how much we hate the Cowboys, respectively. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can relate to that too. I understand. Okay, so <laughs> that's, yeah. Attack with the Cowboys, you know, sort of the rallying cry. But that's that's how a lot of our boards. At least, especially with Mario Brothers yeah. work, there are particular plays, and Matt calls them out. Yeah, that means you know she knows. And I know exactly what he means and what I have to do. And uh, when properly executed, it works every time. Sometimes we, you know, when you get tired, I mean, this is hard. Get tired. Yeah, you you have to step off on something, and then that's when the mayhem ensues. Yeah. (laughs) Another reason why we kind of joke about our name is that you know we're team mayhem because a lot of times we end up dealing with mayhem. mayhem. <laughs> yeah. But that's life. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I'm just curious. You guys talk about you know getting tired during setting these, these scores and stuff. W- would you consider the actual physical and, and mental exhaustion to be the most difficult part of setting a world record? Yes. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, once you put in the work and you've gone with the strategies and you memorize it all, I mean, it's, it's down to muscle memory. It's, it's just maintaining your attention, maintaining your endurance, and ladder yeah, Ladder I, is huge. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's huge. My my worst instance was I mentioned I stuff earlier. I should do hold Twin Galaxies record for that game at two million points, but you do. Wow. I mean, my pace is about two hundred fifty thousand points an hour. So it, it was about. Let's see. I think after hour number one, I started feeling pressure in my bladder, and I played for eight close to. Oh eight. my goodness. Yeah. So when I was done, uh, it was you know right off to the bathroom right from there. So. <laughs> Pushing uh, people was, out of your way. Yeah. Get out of the way. I gotta go. <laughs> Yeah. That's an emergency. Go. <laughs> and for me, um, I'm a hyper person, so it's very, very difficult for me to sit still for an extended period of time. I just, I, it's not that I lose interest. I just start to, my mind starts to wander, sure. and I start thinking about other things and not focusing, and yeah, so right. I, I'm bad that way. Matt, Matt has to keep me focused. That's the hardest job of all, <laughs> keep me focused. And I'm not a yeller, so it's, no, it's, he's not a yeller. It's, I kind of, I kind of the uh, the video game equivalent. I'm not angry, but I'm very disappointed in you. When, yes, uh, oh my she, god, she, it's she the worst. Runs the wrong play. I'm like, I didn't tell you to do, to do that. I didn't tell you to do that. It's funny. I I actually you coined it. You I coined it. He gets snitty. He gets there. snitty. <laughs> snitty. Um, yeah, it's and you know what? That's the only time ever that he's well. No, I shouldn't say that. But you know what? Like the my very first experience with Matt being upset with me was during a video game, and it was during Mario Brothers, and I almost cried. He wasn't saying anything. It was just, it was, it was just a, an a, attitude. You know, wake up! Wake yeah. up! Wake up! Wake up! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but that that doesn't happen. That's you and Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> that is. And so now good. that I have a name for it, he tries not to yeah. do it. <laughs> so. I understand. I understand. Very cool. Um, 
you know, so now that you're in Twin Galaxies and everything, um, and that, that you're a big part of that community, it, which which is so cool because you guys kind of have the inside feed for all of us fans of, of Twin Galaxies. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's the truth. It's So I got to know, like, who... So you know Walter Day really well. You know Billy Mitchell. Who else that would say in King of Kong have you guys met? Uh, Joel. Joel West. Which La, amazing man. I'm not sure. Was he in Kong? I know he was in Chasing yes, Ghosts. Yes, he was. Oh, Chasing Ghosts. Another good one. All right, maybe yeah, not. Uh, Joel, Joel, if you recall, is the, one of the berserk players. He's a berserker. Uh, yeah. Chasing Ghosts. Um, really awesome guy. One of our Amazing our, our, man. Our yes. Um, we met Ben Gold. Yes, um, Ben. Texas. He was a guy who, uh, man. who won the That's Incredible mm-hmm. tournament back in the early 80s. He was on the, the, the game show. I'm sure we're, we're skipping yeah, I'm over. sure we're skipping We've never met Steve <laughs> Weeby. Weeby's the only one we, we, we met. Oh, Steve, Steve Sanders. Steve Sanders often. The, the uh, often. Billy's yeah. good friend, Dunk Dunk mm-hmm. the guy who, the guy unfortunately, the unfortunately, who's remembered most for him, for baking, for coming up, you know, baking his Donkey Kong school. But, I mean, he is a great man. He's, he's come back. Man, and he's, yeah. he's achieved greatness in the, mm-hmm. in the, uh, the gaming realm beyond that. Unfortunately, it still kind of follows him around, but, uh, you know, he's, he's set numerous records. In fact, I think he holds a couple of like joust doubles records with his son. Yep. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Speaking of joust, Lonnie McDonald is another uh, great friend. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, see, I'm not up on all the video game documentaries. I watch them, but I don't pay that much. Again, I don't pay right. that well, much attention to our friend Richie Knuckles who had Richie a Knuckles, King of yep. Arcades. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of. I would like people. to say that we're very close with almost all of them. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, based on what I've seen you guys post on Facebook and stuff, another another uh, documentary, um, Nintendo Quest. You guys were in there. <laughs> yes, we were. And the associated <laughs> companion piece, the Nintendo Quest Power Tool. <laughs> that's right. As a matter of fact, uh, I, when my wife and I we we first watched it, I was like, "That's Matt and Michelle." I talked <laughs> to those guys. <laughs> So it was it was a cool moment for us. That was for, a very uh, cool moment for us to even Yeah, I and mean, it was a major, a major honor to even be a part of that and, and to, to be interviewed for that and appear there. And yeah, we, we coming out of that even more so than being in the movie, we, we made some really great friends. Amazing and, friends. And, and Rob McCallum and Jay Bartlett and Glenn, Glenn Stanwyck. Glenn Stanwyck yeah. and <laughs> Stanwyck. Stanwyck. <laughs> no, no, That's his private That's an joke. joke. She, she Stanwyck them once. I Stanwyck them. <laughs> uh, we made some great friends coming out of that and got a chance to go back last go year. Go back and see some friends. really old friends, yeah, too. Yeah, John, John, John Mason. John Papa Mason Kramer. Mason Kramer. Um, so cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of great things coming out of the movie. It's, it's, if we never do another thing in the gaming, you know, the, the That's gaming okay. world or in the realm of okay. documentaries, we'll be content, you know, for the remainder of our days because that was for me, and, and that all happened over my birthday weekend last year too. The, uh, the screening of Boys. My 36th birthday was probably the greatest birthday I'll ever have. I don't think anything will ever top it because <laughs> of that. Thanks, babe. Because of that. <laughs> Thanks. The bar is set really high. It is set. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I would, I think it's funny that people think we're in, but yeah, uh, Walter Day is like my dad. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Walter yeah. Day is, is very see, much I may, I, yeah. all of us in a way. You, you may see him play some sort of uh, intricate part at our wedding someday. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that is so cool. Well, you know, he actually wished me a happy birthday the other day. I was like, <gasps> uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you guys are in the know. You guys are kind of a big deal. Yeah. I, I think you are. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. <laughs> of course. We don't small, toot our own yeah, horns ever. Heads about it. You know, we're, oh, we're just, yeah. Two people who love playing games, love meeting people, and making new friends, and and making this community the best 
possible yeah. community we can. Getting to work with, with you know great folks like you and the rest of the retro junkies. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, man. That's Eric great. Purcell. Yeah, is Eric is great. Oh, actually, he comes to, to see us in Iowa every year. That I want so to cool. Eric at some point because I think you know if there's really an unsung hero in the game community. It it's would Eric be Eric. Yeah. I agree. I have never seen a negative, no, an ounce of negativity or a negative post come from Eric. Eric loves and supports everything, everything. and everyone, yeah. and God bless him. I mean, the yeah. guy, he works one of the hardest jobs in the world being a trucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a family man on top of it, an excellent gamer to boot, and the man just has got a heart the size of, of Iowa. And, and everything we've <laughs> ever done, he's been right there supporting yeah. team. He's like our number one fan. Yeah. I think, yeah, totally. Love, love Eric. He's our Viking, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Eric is such a good dude. He was actually one of the very, very first people we ever met when we first started this podcast, and he's been there since day one. Uh, Eric is a, a dear friend of all of ours, and uh, Eric, big shout-out to you, man. We love you, buddy. Actually, Eric was one of the ones who asked a question here, and he says, I was just wondering – how they came up with the name Team Mayhem, which I guess we, we had answered, and if they ever feel that a certain insurance company owes them a check. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, also, what caused them to become such an awesome, butt-kicking, record-smashing team? Just, you know, I, just the fact that we love being the best at everything that we do. It's, well, we, lo we love being together. Yes. We yeah. love being the best. You know, we we love you know, we love game and playing we games. Do love, we love we love being games. video game enthusiasts. Try not to use the gamer tag. No, we love <laughs> enthusiasts for for video gaming, and it's just you know it's it's all those three things combined. Just a love of, of playing games, a love of each other, and a love of achieving. You, know, you mix those yeah. three together, and that's the formula for a team that wants to strive to be better and hopefully make things better around them. And it, you know what? It makes us look really cool. Uh, I just try to stand behind her and look intimidating. But yeah. <laughs> it's really me that's intimidating. Nobody's getting past her anyway. She's like the ultimate boss. I'm yeah. just the guy standing behind her trying to look tough. He just makes sure I don't fall down when you knock me over. Ah, uh, I got you. Hey, that's teamwork right there. Every time. That's right. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you guys bring that up. Uh, so this one's for you, Matt. This is from Nick DeMarco. He says, I look stupid with glasses, but Matt, you look dangerous. Uh, what do you clean your glasses with? The blood of your fallen foes? <laughs> well, oh, that's great. One. Um, actual is rubbing alcohol, but blood of fallen foes. <laughs> I think that sounds that much cooler yeah. than alcohol. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll go one better. The tears of my fallen foes. There oh, you. wow. That, that was it's good. A, it's a mixture 50-50 of the blood of my fallen foes and the tears of their loved ones. <laughs> That's good. That's, That's good. That's a total mayhem answer. Yes. And, and this one's for you, Michelle. Um, still from Nick, he says, have you ever encountered, encountered any animosity from stupid men who can't take getting their butt kicked? And how do you handle it? All the time. Um, as far as video games, not in a long time. You know, I, I don't encounter those things, I think, because I don't put any animosity out there. So, right. you know, it, it's it's a very loving community, at least to me. I've never had any issues with a lot of these men that some of other people have issues with. Maybe that's because I'm a woman, maybe not. But growing up, absolutely. I have I have no friend girlfriends that were gamers. Um and I think I retold this story just last week or the week before. There was a boy uh a friend of mine later married in life and um, he was walking by their refrigerator and he saw a picture, a Christmas card of my daughter. 
on the refrigerator. And he goes, he stopped dead in his tracks. He goes, is that Michelle's daughter? She's like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, you have to take that down. Because <laughs> we went to grade school together and I beat him up. Really? Yes, I did. I apparently, beat him up. to the point where he soiled himself. He soiled oh, himself. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'm only 5'2". I'm a very tiny person. So I was always at the front of the line, always in the front of the classroom, always, you know, you got to stand up for yourself. I have a little bit of the Napoleon complex. So, so did he start something with you? I mean, how, how did that go about? He did. He, he came up to me and he said something and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to take your crap. And I just started beating him up. <laughs> I, but I've always done that. I, I did it from the time I was little. If you were at the top of the slide when I got up there and you didn't move, I pushed you off. So, to well, quote that song, her, her, her philosophy as a small child was, take no prisoners. Take no prisoners. Take no <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Take, and I think a lot of guys know that. So. But I think it's that tenacity and that fight in you that makes you a great competitor. Yes. Probably, oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. But uh, – Old school, yes. I've met a lot of guys like that, but not anymore. Yeah, no. I don't. You know, I just to don't, me, to I somebody, don't tolerate it. <laughs> you, you play somebody and they give you a beating. It's not. It doesn't matter what gender they are, how tall they are, what their skin tone is, what their religious background is. Yeah, you know, you, oh, that line, a beating's a beating, and beating, yeah. and so, and so long as they handle it and you handle it with uh, with sportsmanship yep. and, and you've earned it. Yeah, you know, just be cool about it. You know, yeah. take take your beating, take your loss, come back, fight another day. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's not worth getting into a hassle about it. It's just games. It's just, like said, it's just a game. If you're not having fun, then you're, you're doing something wrong. Yep. Right, right. Now, do you guys see a lot of that when you do your live events? You do, do people get really kind of heated? Nope, never. That Everybody, is so cool. Everybody's there having fun. Yep. It's all about, you know, especially at these bigger events that we go to, it's just about love. You know, I mean, sometimes yeah. there's behind-the-scenes stuff, but one of the greatest moments we've ever seen um, was uh, Tim McVeigh and Richie Knuckles had an ongoing feud for years. For, I don't even I don't know even, why. Actually, but. I don't even think it was that long, but it was a, a social media... It was a social media, yeah. Uh, ...issue, and when they both came to Iowa in 2013 for the first Icon, mm -hmm. Walter sat them down on a bench outside the Icon, and by the time we showed up, which is, I think, less than an hour yeah. later... They, they were best friends. They again. were best friends. They were shaking <laughs> hands. It, and it was such a beautiful it, moment. It's the power of being in person to be able to, to look at the person, see them, shake their hand, yeah. hear their words, and not it's not it's not impersonal text or dry text out there. It's it's yeah. actually yeah, social media is great with connecting people, but it's also great with disconnecting people. It's very is, true. Social media is like any other tool. I mean, the hammer can be used to build a house mm -hmm. for a family or bludgeon somebody to death. That's yeah. how you – it's the wheel. Great you know? analogy, bud. Uh, hey, that applies <laughs> to mayhem. It's the of the wielder, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good analogy. I love it. Uh, let's see. And uh, our friend Dent Kelly, he says, what was the white whale of gaming for you guys? In that, I mean, what was the game that you two have tried to conquer but have never fully mastered? And I don't yes. know if he means like a, for a world record or just for your personal um, goal. Arr, arr. <laughs> I mean, I, I would guess from you know, our white whale moment as a team really would be Arcade Mario Brothers. Yeah, right. But, but that's only because we don't have access yeah. to an arcade. I mean, we have Mame, but uh, it's so 
hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I wouldn't call it a white whale in that it, it tortures no, us. It it's torture just going to be a bigger challenge to definitely. basically leave our NES tactics behind, take something that we've hardwired into our brains, and completely scrap it and redo it. Because, like I mentioned at the at the start of this call, when we talked about Mario Brothers, the arcade version, wholly different. Other than oh, the fact yes. that they're, they, the characters are the same, the behaviors of it and the difficulty different. levels ratchet up so much higher yeah. for the arcade. Yeah, it's that, uh, crazy. Yeah, we have ultimate respect. The the two gentlemen who currently hold the Steve. hold the, uh, the, the the team record for arcade Mario brothers, Steve Klasip and uh, Stephen Boyer. Yeah, Steve Boyer, a good, really good guy, was trying to get encouraged. He still does encourage. He still again, does but, encourage us to play. Because they just a challenge. But man, those two they <laughs> play together, amazing. and I think they, they, most of them they're not even in the same place. No, they're, they're playing across the internet. Yeah, they have some sort of main setup where they can play the same game. Wow. But, yeah, across the internet, and they've set records together. They've done it live and in mm -hmm. person together, and across the internet, they are so a much respect for that formidable That's... team. And they are—they're the champs, man. We 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 bow to them. I mean, the NES Mario Brothers crown is a nice one, but theirs thats the biggest crown there is. I mean, that yeah. would be the the the, the coup de gras. Right. The <laughs> only the only other uh, white whale, so to speak, would maybe be tanks, and that's only because we thought we maxed it out and then realized we didn't. Right. Ah. Well, yeah. we're, we're close. We're so close. We're like one. I think a record. The record's one off. Yeah, we're one off. Yeah, yeah. we're one off, maxing it out. So, and we've maxed it out. We just don't have it on tape. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, coming soon. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's so cool. And, and he follows that question up by saying, um, "If you guys live on strand, uh, stranded island, uh, and you can only have one game per person to play, and I guess this is individually first, what would that game be?" So I guess he's asking, like, "What's your favorite game?" I'll defer to the lady first. Oh, thanks. Uh, Unless geez. you're not ready. That is very hard for me <laughs> because I have a lot of favorite games, but I'm going to go total modern, and the one game that I always go back to playing is Journey on the PS3. Oh, I've not played that one. It is just a beautifully, amazingly made game. It's a game where you're just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Stop. You know what? I'm not going to give anything away, Rob. You really need to play it. I awesome. can't help cut the journey references every time she does that and just go, don't stop, stop believing. <laughs> but um, it, no, that that's the one game in my repertoire that I go back to all the time. Wow. It parallels life and it, it it brings me back to reality. And I witnessed it. It is, in fact, a very visually stunning game. Hmm. Uh, a lot of quality is quality's great. It, 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 I can see, it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I can see how somebody who's into those type, into those games yeah. can really fall in love with it for the art styling, for the, the actual plot of the game itself. Because it's, it's, it's the quietest of games in some respects. And it's, there's, it's absolutely There's no dialogue stunning. or anything like that. But, you know, Don't the, give it away. Let them play right. it. But, yeah. <laughs> I think you'll really dig it, man, because it really is all about the journey. But that's so hard because I love Snake. I love Metal Gear. I am a huge <laughs> Metal Gear fan. I love God of War, and I love Little Big Planet. So it would be really <laughs> hard for me. But I think Journey, that really is the one game I play often. I've actually been asked this question before, so I've had time to think about it. And my response would be Tetris. Oh, nice. There you go. Why? You're good at it. Why? Because you never play the same game with Tetris twice. That's true. Yeah. It's very random. And, and Tetris is an evergreen game. It's the one game that does not go away. It is showing up in Flash mm -hmm. form. It is getting re-released in, in party, you know, Tetris party compilations and Tetris world compilations. On every console that comes out, there's some new spin on Tetris that has classic Tetris, 
and some offshoots of it. But it is the game that came out in the 80s. Alexei Pashinov put it out, and it is stayed still there. to the point where it's getting a movie now, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know? Really? I mean, I already had a documentary, and if you haven't seen it, Ecstasy of Order is a fantastic documentary. It's about the, the Tetris World Championships that happen every year. And, in fact, our uh, our, our friend Thor, Thor, Thor Ackerland, the, one of the winners of the original 1990 Nintendo World Championships, uh, is in that documentary. Isn't he being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year? He might be. I, I, I believe wow. Thor Ackerland is. He hasn't already been, I think he is. I think he sure. is. I have to double check but yeah, that list. There is a documentary that came out a couple years called Ecstasy Order, and then I saw last week. I think they're actually doing a Tetris movie. Now, how it's going to be done, I don't know, but um, there is an official Hollywood Tetris movie. And then movie. together, I think, I would say NBA Jam. Oh, yeah. good one. Yeah, of the ones that we of play. Of the ones that we play. Only because that's the one game, no matter how crappy we play. And we do get aggravated with that game. <laughs> it's still always fun. Right. Oh. It's on fire! Well, <laughs> and much like Tetris, it's, it, you'll never have the same You'll game never twice. have the same game twice. So we just always have a good time playing that. We yeah. laugh, we joke. I would say honorable mention might go to like a Mario Kart style game. Too, yeah, Mario Kart. Nice. It's fun to play, like if you play the, uh, the the Wii version of Mario Kart, you know, or any of the Mario Karts. You know, you're never getting the same race or set of races mm-hmm. twice. But games like Balloon Fight and Mario Brothers, while they're enjoyable, they're great. But, yeah. Especially the, the ones they that can be patterned fast. like Mario Brothers. It's, you know, on a desert island, I don't think you want to be spending the rest of your yeah. days playing that. Same thing. <laughs> but you'd be the best on that island. Yes, we would. Yes. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. And, um... The last question we got from um, our listeners, a little guy named uh, Landon Long, he wanted to ask you guys a question. And when I say little, he's about six foot eight, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, he says, and I think we kind of answered this, but if, if any other games kind of stand out to you, um, feel free to mention them. He says, what got you started in the gaming, and what was the first game that just grabbed you and hooked you? Uh, I'll throw out one I think is kind of a sleeper pick for the Intellivision. That's Beauty and the Beast. Ooh, uh, never played that one either for the Intelli. Don't be fooled. That has nothing to do with no, the Disney production. Yeah, it's cool that game. game came out in the early '80s, and of course, the Disney production came out in the early '90s. Yeah, uh, and it's basically, if I had to 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 explain it, it's sort of like Donkey Kong Barrel Board meets Wreck It Ralph. You have a, a a damsel who has been who has been kidnapped by a large man. We'll call him a man because he is horrible, Hank, but he looks <laughs> like an ape. Uh, who's on top of a building, tossing boulders down at you while you're also dodging. You know, birds, bats, and, and, and rats, and you are Bashful Buford, having to climb the building from the outside through open windows to make it to the top. So it's basically like a Donkey Kong barrel board. You know, once you get to the top, the level ends and moves on the next one, and you climb a building. And then once you get to the top of the building and you reach there, he falls off, a plane takes you away, and then you start the next building, and then the next building. And it gets progressively more difficult. It's, it's I'm quoting people who are here who have played the game a lot and who love the game a lot. It is the most, in many people's, uh, Opinions, most arcade style game that was made for the Intellivision. Wow. Um, yeah, it gets progressively harder. The speed of the barrels and the, the, uh, the viciousness of the enemies and the, the persistence of the enemies overall gets greater as you go along. And it gets, just gets to a point where it's, it's complete, well, mayhem on the street. I've streamed it. Crazy. Um, and you, you, you bleed out lives. Yeah. Real quickly. <laughs> yeah. You can gain lives in that game, but once you get. Uh, one, yeah, and beyond the fifth sorry. building, you don't accumulate them as quickly, and you can lose them all in one board release because there's no. When you respawn, there's no immediate, no temporary invincibility. When you respawn, you can get hit almost immediately, and you're still dead. Wow. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. You know, for me, I can't. 
I don't think that it was the fact that it was one particular game. I think it was the fact that I am an overachiever in everything that I do. Um, it's just who I am. And I think I've, that's who I've been since I was very, very little. So just always trying to be the best and video games gave me that outlet. And especially with some of those earlier games, you really had to dedicate yourself to hours and hours of play because it was all, it, there were no bosses yeah. a lot of the times, you know, it was really just about turning the score, you know, watching it go back to zero, 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 or, or you know, whatever it was. So for me, it was really just a matter of this, this game pushes me to be my best. And there no internet to turn to for strategies. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like no strategies. You, you left your own devices to figure it out, or you didn't. You know, yeah. it's funny because I remember once as a teenager, I waking up one morning with a stiff neck and I couldn't turn my head. <laughs> and my dad's—he blamed video games. And for three days, I remember sitting sideways. Oh my to gosh! Play my, to play my because because I my neck was like stuck to the side. That's I hardcore. Really, yeah, it was hardcore, and, but I couldn't go to school because I looked ridiculous. So I sat home and I played video games sideways all day. Come on, baby. You could have went to school and turned your desk sideways. I could have turned my desk. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it's not necessarily a particular game. It's just maybe um, being an overachiever. Well, yeah, and it's, it's kind of like a competition with yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what being an overachiever is. It's not being better than anybody else. It's beating myself. Yeah. Yeah, as if you can beat your if you if you can beat yourself, that's that's really kind of the ultimate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to shift gears a little bit, guys, I, I wanted to kind of give you a little pop quiz. I know it's getting a little late, but uh, I, you know I figured I kind of start start off a little um, easy on you guys. So I'm going to give you a line from certain songs, and you guys got to tell me what these songs are because I know you guys are big metalheads. So uh, hopefully the fir first few will be pretty easy for you. So are you guys ready? Uh, I, I can tell you, Matt will beat my butt. Well, I think it's a team here, so okay, okay. collective knowledge base. Right. Team Mayhem, there we go. <clears throat> All right, I'll, I'll start off with a softball here. If there's a new way, I'll be the first in line. But it better work this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. All right, all right. Um, let's see, what's the other one I got here? Okay. I walk alone into the promised land. It's a better place for me, but it's far, far away. Is that Megadeth? Um, yes, okay. yes, it is. I think I know what song it is. Shout it out. I, I, is it um? Uh, now the title has left my mind. Give me um, other lyrics. From foreclosure the song. of a dream. Uh, not, no, it's not. It's a little earlier than that. Okay. Let's see. Uh, let me think if I can. Come. I'm sure if I had the cadence of it, I'd get it right uh, away. Right, here we go. I walk. I walk alone to the promised land. It's a better place for me, but it's far, far away. Oh. Um, wait, wait, in my darkest hours? That's yes. it, that's it. Yes. Very yeah, good. The that was the spoken part of the song, yeah. Yeah, yeah the spoken yep. part of the song, yeah, yeah. All right, very nice, very nice. Okay, all right, this one hopefully will be a little bit easier. Um, okay, <laughs> I must need to read this in an accent, but I'll, I'll just read it regular. <laughs> one hour from now, another species of life form will disappear from the face of the planet forever. And that the rate is, is accelerating. It, 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 this is the countdown down to, to extinction. extinction. 
My favorite album, by the way. Really? Oh, okay. That that's actually my personal favorite too. What what about you, Matt? Is that your favorite Megadeth one? Rust in peace, sir. Oh, that's a close Rust second. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Countdown to me is my number two. So it's like, and then I also throw peace cells in there as a kind of an honorable mention at number two as well. They're you know they can kind of rotate in and out in the, that top spot. That's sort of their that peak era from to me from peace cells through like countdown and euthanasia. I mean, there's oh euthanasia is a great one too. I, I don't know. For me, Countdown was just, it was such a um, lyrically a very strong album. So to, you, you had the the mechanics of Dave Mustaine and, and you know, was was Marty in the band still yeah. then? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then the lyrics just really, it was so powerful. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I had the coolest weekend. Um, my first introduction into metal was uh, I think it was 93 or 94, and um, my mom had just uh, remarried. You know, we were living with my stepdad then, and um, they shared the yard with uh, a neighbor, and his name was Dave. And it was like a tradition for years, you know, all the way up to when we moved down south. But anyways, on Thursday nights, we'd always go over there, and I'd go into his room, and he had, like, of course, a whole bunch of retro games or a whole bunch of... I guess that back then they weren't retro, but anyways, um, he also had a whole bunch of albums. And at one time, I was just kind of perusing through his albums. Uh, he was so cool. He was he came in one time while I was looking through his albums, and he said, "Hey, you want to borrow one?" And he actually let me borrow two. And the two CDs, uh, the first ones I ever heard was "Countdown to Extinction" and "Power Slave" from Iron Maiden. Nice. Oh, so I I listened to those two, and I was that was one of the greatest Sold. weekends. <laughs> You were born into the middle world by Vic Rattlehead and Eddie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's what never found. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't get much more metal than that. No, not much has changed since then. Amen to that. But uh, All right, so I got another one for you. Okay, so here it is. This is a shorter line here. I'm doing you a favor as I'm taking all your money. Uh, this is That's from Youth Count, in Asia. Uh, Very good. Yes. Train 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 train. Yep. That's it. Very good. Very good. Which was another great album. It really was just a, a, the perfect extension. One of my favorite songs is the last one on the album, Victory, the one that basically yeah. name drops most all of the titles. All of her songs, yep. That's cool. Very cool. I want to stop town. He can sing too. Isn't he great? <laughs> I can sing terribly. Yeah. People have heard him before, um, but it's not, not worked out well. My, my rendition of Walk on Rock Band was killer. <laughs> Um, we have that on video somewhere. I have never heard Matt raise his voice like that. And he was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's into it. It was in the zone. Great. You can't do walk half. half no, half no, no. I'm trying to be nicer. Half hard. You can't just stroll, you know. You got to walk, you know. Exactly. Yeah, you got to walk. <laughs> you walk you got to walk to walk. <laughs> All right, I got another one for you guys. Uh, here, here's one here. It says... Now, this one's a little bit more obscure. I don't know if you guys will get this one. Okay. The right of the praying mantis kiss the bones of the enchantress. She wow! You got that right off the bat. I would have yeah, never got yeah. that. that. That's actually one of my favorite songs of theirs. That was uh, Cryptic Writings, I think. I've got one more for you. All right? So you guys ready for this one, and then we'll, we'll close it out. Okay, here's the lyrics. There goes a siren that warns off the air raid. All right, this is definitely made. It is. is. It? Oh, I'm impressed. So I'm, I love Maiden, but I'm not. My knowledge on Maiden is because I'm more of a Paul Diano Maiden guy. Real? No kidding. I didn't know that. I love, I love Bruce. I, mean, I love Bruce. I love the old uh, punk style 
just 16 big up truck <laughs> out of money out of luck <laughs> yeah i just i like the, the raspy yeah, i guess I, i'm more of a lemmy guy than i am a uh, like a, a raspier voice guy than i'm a uh all right, so come on, pull it out. He'll do it. You know what? He'll do it. Yeah. Uh, can, you, uh, can, you, can you throw the lyrics by me again? There goes a siren that warns off the air raid. Or all right, let me put it this way. There goes the siren that warns off the air raid. I'm going to take Shundog to Ace High. That's it. Got it. <laughs> I <laughs> told you. I told you. He did it. I, I, you I know never what? doubted it. I- tease him all the time about all the useless knowledge he has. <laughs> Finally came through. <laughs> I said that once. It was a terrible thing to say. I was like, if you actually had useful knowledge, but he uh, does. Matt is the smartest person I know. And I don't know how you know remember these things. You're the smartest person I know. You know like three people. So That's I not true. I know a lot of people. But she put you in your her top three, so there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> That's so cool. He was a valedictorian. Don't listen wow, to him. Wow, no kidding. Yes, I know, right? Oh, man. I'm learning so much about you guys. <laughs> we got to do a part two. <laughs> hey, Anytime. Oh, cool, cool. Well, guys, uh, you know, just to, just to wrap it all up, you know, if we can kind of go full circle here, the, the last question I wanted to ask you guys is, Michelle, we'll start with you. Uh, what does just the whole gaming community mean to you personally? <sighs> To me, my experience of the last five years um, to work for Walter Day, which I do, um, to be part of this community in the way that I I am, it's very much a family to me. Uh, Matt and I sit and when we talk about our wedding someday, we often throw around a lot of these names that we're totally going to invite to our wedding because they're just their family. They really, it's just a very close knit community. And I think even our relationship with you, Rob, we've never met yet. We have this very strong bond with you. And, and, but I'm sure you feel that way about a lot of the people you've met in this community. Uh, You know, that's how we feel, you know, Rob McCallum, uh, Jay Bartlett, uh, Josh Jones, who rest in peace has passed away. Mason Kramer, John Pompa. I mean, Walter Day, Billy Mitchell, Joel West. The names go on and Dave on. Vo- Rich Dave Vogt. Oh my gosh, he's oh, one of Dave. He is an amazing human being. Yes. Um, and an amazing developer too. Yeah, that. I mean, he's. There's just so, we just have such respect and such love for all of all of these people that we're associated with and we just um it's a family and it's all about love and and create you know focusing on the good because there's so, there is a lot of negative especially in the gaming community it people are very competitive in general in in their lives so they let that carry over into their into their gaming and but gaming has always been about having fun whether you're playing by yourself or playing with a friend or or playing online it doesn't matter you're doing it because you love it so that's really to me it's all about family you know everyone that i know i consider family whether i've met you or not kind of go the uh feel the dreams route i mean at the end of the movie they had the whole you know Exchange between Ray and his father, and he, he asks, "I'm not, although not spoiling for anybody who hasn't seen Field of Dreams in the last thirty years that it's been out." <laughs> but you know, 
is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. And he goes, you know, you know, I like, swore to God that this was, this was heaven. To me, I, I think that the, the gaming community is kind of like him. It's a place where dreams come true. Like that was the lie. Because this is heaven. It's a place where dreams, dreams come true. If you approach it right, the video game community is a place where we can all kind of have a few of our childhood dreams come true. Some notoriety mm -hmm. for gaming. I mean, I'm sure when we were all kids and we all picked up a controller and we all picked up a copy of Nintendo Power or, or heard about the Nintendo World Championships or saw The Wizard, you know, I mean, we all thought, well, one day I want to see how I, I stack up against the rest of the world or, or I want to get out there and I want to get some notoriety for, for my quality of gameplay. Well, it, it, it created a ground, a proving ground upon which we could all go out there make our mark. I mean, I we ended up on trading cards. As a kid, I dreamed of being on a baseball card. The concept of a, a, a video game trading card was was completely foreign to me. I wanted to play, I wanted to play for the Phillies. I wanted to be Mike Schmidt. You know, I wanted to play third base. But, yeah. I mean, the fact that while that dream in baseball never came to fruition, I was able to get on a trading card for video game playing my other passion. You know, I always wanted right. to be the best at that. And being able to meet all these great people and experience these great things, being in the Guinness Book of World Records. I was World just going to say, to have your game movie, alongside mean, of some of these great players yeah, in I the mean, Guinness Book of World Records still blows my mind. And when I tell people that, they're like, no way. I'm like, I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's one thing after another. It's, it really is the place where if you if you approach it with pure intentions and a good heart and, and you, you try to do well and you, you put forth your best effort and you don't bring the negativity, you bring positivity, Great things can happen, and you can be a part of great things with other people. It is the place where dreams come true. I mean, you're seeing it right now, too, Rob, as part of the Retro Junkies, being in, in broadcasting and doing these wonderful podcasts. I mean, you guys have drummed up individually, almost all of your podcasts, very large listener bases and dedicated fan bases who come out week after week, and, and they, they, they listen to you guys. I mean, they love hearing you guys. You guys are, are appointment podcasts. But you built something really special. You know, I mean, it's it's a place where you know you're a part of it. You're, you play a key role in the, in the video game community now because you guys draw up enthusiasm and, and excitement. The, for the it. beauty is, is that there is there's more than enough for everyone. Yeah, people don't it's, need to it's, fight. It's there's the, more than enough for everyone. The pizza's big enough for all of us to enjoy. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I don't really eat pizza, but. <laughs> Says the lady who loves her pepperoni. I do pizza. love pepperoni. I mean, it really is the place where if you if you approach it and you and you do things the right way, you conduct yourself the right way, and you make friends, you have fun. Like I yep. said, those major axioms, great things will happen. Yep. You'll, you'll get the chance to be to meet great people and be a part of great things. And, yeah, you know, I can't have, think of. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we're blessed. We're, we're blessed. Oh my gosh. To, to, have, yeah. to have had the opportunity to come into this to, to to be a part of all of these events. And meet all these wonderful people yourself, you know, first and foremost. And interviewed. Like, how yeah, cool is that? <laughs> you want to talk to me yeah, for what do you want to an talk hour to me and 42 for? minutes for? <laughs> so boring. I'm just the guy who goes to concerts and plays games in between his, you know, 9 to 5, or in my case, 10 to, 10, 10 to 6.30 yeah, job. Like you know, I mean, I just, I'm just a regular guy. You know, I, I get up and I put on shoes and I go to work every day. It's like, you know, it's... It's just it's great to, to have this outlet. I mean, I, I go to Iowa every year, and I I refer to that as my spiritual battery being recharged. It really is. There, there is there something amazing about yeah. Iowa? I, I leave here in in late July, early August, kind of because this is my, Burnt my out. yeah, it's kind of my busiest time of year at work. So I'm I'm putting in 12, 15, 15, 16 hour days. I go out there and I'm I'm worn out, bags under the eyes, I'm walking <laughs> dead. By the time I come back, I'm a new man. Because I'm back in amongst all these people who I know and I love, and that energy, yeah, no, that I energy agree. out there, it's yeah. palpable. It's Walter Day. 
<laughs> and, we have him to thank. He is yep. the patriarch. He's the he is our patriarch. Yeah. Oh, he's man. my boss man. That's what I call him, boss man. Boss man. So he's started all, and I, you know, Rob, hopefully one of these years we'll be able to to see you out there as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. I mean, of course, we'd like to meet you somewhere else along the line along along the way, but I oh. definitely recommend you know at some point. I know obviously with Grayson's kind of tough going anywhere nowadays, but it's <laughs> online joining us out there because I know, man, you'll be welcome with with open arms. Oh, I would absolutely love it. It's just so cool to meet such humble people. I mean, that that is the, the most amazing thing about it. It's like every everybody that we've met in this community has been so nice, so um, gracious, and so just humble. And I've met world record holders. It's just the best in the world at certain things, and I have so much respect for, for what you guys do. And, and not to mention, you guys, uh, you, you are family to me. When my father passed away uh, about a year ago, you guys both reached out. And that just that speaks volumes of just your, your character and so many other people in the, in the retro gaming community that um, just reached out when they didn't have to, you know, because everyone's busy. I just I just think that is so amazing that we have such a core group of people that I never would have even met two or three years ago that I've never even known. Silly, stupid games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're going to rot our brains. They're going to rot your values. brains, and, and you're going to go all postal. I know. <laughs> it made us all better people. I mean, yeah, really. I, I, I expounded upon it in our interview with Rob for Nintendo Quest. I mean, there were times in my life growing up where things were rough, and video games got me through because there were a place where I could go and, and achieve things. I could escape and also remind myself, hey, I'm good at stuff. You know, yep, I, mean, I, I am good. have the ability. I can get out of this. I mm -hmm. can be better. I can solve problems. I mean, it, you know, video games were, were a life ring tool for a lot of us. Well, I think anyone that um, is, sticks with gaming for any ex extended period of time has felt that in one way or another. You know, whether it was an escape or, or just a place where they can feel good about themselves. That's, that's the beauty of video games. And, you know, people are into Sometimes people are into them for a really long time and then they lose interest. It's because they've lost sight of, of what made them love it in the first place or and you hear this a lot with the pokemon go oh well that's you know what are you a kid get over yourself just who cares well, people kind of forget that you know pokemon is now reached that point to where people who were kids when it came out yeah. in the late they 90s are now, are now in their mid-20s right. you know they're they're full-fledged adults my and, daughter included she's yeah. uh she's uh, she'll tell you she goes well i used to bring my game boy to school and sit at the lunch table and play all by myself <laughs> So I can play Pokemon Go. She was Pokemon Go on before it was cool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, guys, you, uh, if I could just you know sum it all up, thank you guys. You guys are just a class act uh, all the way, true friends, and just just the perfect example of what I love about the retro gaming and just gaming community in general. Just class acts all the way. So. Last thing I wanted to ask you, you know, where can people kind of find you? Where can people kind of track all your Twitch channel events and, and things like that? That's, it's funny you mentioned that. For the longest time, we've been grappling with the idea of making a Facebook page. Yeah. It's, a, it's that juggle of we don't want people to think we've gotten full of yeah, ourselves. Yeah, we don't want to be too full of ourselves. Personality. So <laughs> yeah, we're no. You can be a fan of us at our page. Yeah. I mean, we're, not, we're looking for friends, not fans. We're yeah. We're looking for us on the journey. That's why we made one of the reasons why we made the militia. It's like, hey, we're all a group of friends that can get together, play some games, and raise, you know, some funds for some for some really great causes. That's awesome. But yeah, it's that we probably will eventually make a page. Maybe but we just want to position it right that we're not going out there like, well, 
you know, we're we're now at this level, and you can all come along and <laughs> join follow, us. Follow us. <laughs> follow yeah. us. <laughs> you want to kind of maintain, hey, you know what? I like that. What? I like that whole power thing. So maybe there you go. Maybe the mask not looking. No. Yeah, she'll um, build one. And I'll be. You, but you can find us on Twitch. Yes. Uh, uh, Team Mayhem. Mayhem with a three instead of an E. Right. And I, I think somebody actually did ask about the three, and that was based solely out of the fact that when we went to Twitch to get Team Mayhem, they Team Mayhem was already was taken. Already so we, <laughs> right, we'll switch the E to a three, and hey, it worked. There you cool. go. There you go. Yeah. Um. I mean, you could always check us out our individual Facebook pages. Yes. Um, which is where we, I use my Facebook page for so many things <laughs> besides gaming, um, a lot of fundraising, a lot of gaming, a lot of yoga, uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, maybe somewhere down the road, you can always check out, uh, Twin Galaxies. I think you can find Team Mayhem on Twin Galaxies yes. or actually it's under Michelle Matthew, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we. It's a weird name. They, they haven't quite gotten the whole the team account thing. Yeah, but yet. you can right. find us on Twin Galaxies under Team Mayhem. We are there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and that's pretty much it that I can think yeah. of. Or you can, you know, if anybody out there's listening and they're able to make it to Iowa between uh, on the weekend of August fifth through seven, we will be out there for Icon twenty sixteen. Icon. Uh, also running concurrently that weekend in concert with Icon is the uh, International Video Game Hall of Fame. Our good friend. Tim, Tim McVay, Man vs. Snake fame, will be inducted. Uh, there's also the video game Walk of Fame that they're initiating out there in Otoma. Uh, first inductee being Pac-Man. Uh, so, yeah, so there, there's a whole host. And then there's the Man vs. Snake screening that weekend, too. Yep. Oh, so, man. It's a fun-filled, packed weekend. Yeah. It's it's all it's all play for everybody else, but it's strictly work for me. Yeah, she's the event coordinator. I'm the, the event coordinator. Oh, you're kind of a big deal. Yeah, not real. But you know what? I show up and all the men scatter. They're just go, like, "Gonna make us do some." You need us to go get something. Okay, we'll go. We'll go. And it's funny because last year at Icon, I sent Matt to Walmart to pick some things up for me, and the next thing I know, everyone else in the entire gallery was gone. And Matt calls me. He's like, "Did you send them all to Walmart? Because I see them." Uh, I, I, I'm standing in Walmart. And I'm holding. I guess I think Nails it, was, it, was, no, it, was, it was like a picnic table cover yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and I see this group of guys walk by. It's like Billy Mitchell, Joel West, Derek Soros, you know, all the, the, the big, uh, you know. The big guys. The, the kings of the it, you know, I like, scared them all. I, I thought, like, well, I was a little offended. I was like, did you not think I was going to be able to achieve this task on my own? <laughs> I'm like, no, I like, think no, I scared them. They all left. They uh, left me all alone. Yeah. <laughs> I just go there and bark out orders, and they all just run. So. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. There you go. I wouldn't say I'm a big deal. But, but yeah, if anybody out there who's able to say, come to Iowa, oh, it yes. is a magical place. It's a magical place. For us, coming from the Northeast, it is, it is such a, a different change of base, different way of life out there. It is refreshing. Everybody's kind, courteous. There's a wonderful vibe. The roadways. My God, so oh, clear. Oh, so beautiful driving. The traffic, the traffic jam is when you and, a, you and another car share You have another car time. on the road. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is a refreshing change of pace, and one heck of a weekend. And, you know, it's it's an annual thing. This is the Every fourth year. straight Icon event. We're, we're hoping to keep the juggernaut going year after year and make it bigger and bigger. So, uh, you know, and, if you can't make up this next year. We can plug uh, Nintendo Quest. You can see some Nintendo yes, Quest. Little tiny little pieces. Nintendo Quest and Nintendo Quest Power Tour. The Power Tour number. Both can be found at 
robmccallumfilms.com. Uh, also, The King of Arcades. You can see my head briefly for like half a second in it. Uh, it's, it's a great doc about our good friend Richie Knuckles, who's an arcade who's legend. An amazing man. His triumphs, his tribulations, and, and, and yeah, it just, yeah. it's definitely worth seeing. And they're actually, it came out in 2014, but they're actually doing a, it was just DVD only, they're doing a Blu-ray release limited to, I believe, 500 uh, pre-orders oh, wow. on August 16th. And then there's you know, Man vs. Snake, which I believe has digital distribution now. I don't know if it's oh, yes, on. it's supposed to be. I don't know. I don't. I don't. But own yeah, it, but all great docs to, to, to check out. I'm and waiting more, to see it. You know, and if you ever need a, a list of recommended docs, certainly look us up. We'll give you one. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for just kind of. We were only planning on doing this for about an hour, but we're at uh, according to mine, uh, an hour and fifty-two minutes. So we yep. rocked it. Uh, yep. <laughs> the first like nine ten minutes was us struggling to figure out why we couldn't hear you. So. <laughs> the fact that we had an unplugged cable somewhere. Uh, it's, the, it's all the cat's fault. That's Absolutely. Right. <laughs> it's always the cat's fault. Uh, <laughs> we want to thank you. Yes, Rob, thank you, Rob. for everything that you do in the community yes. and telling all of the good and everything that's good about the community, uh, that's you. Oh, thank you but so much. And we, we love the Retro Junkies Network. We love the show. We love you guys. <laughs> and you, you, I can't think of a, a just a more a warmer group of people you know, that you, come together and, and, and just all the different, the variety of podcasts and the, the, the interesting topics uh, discussed. I mean, from the two dudes on a nest, the retro obscurity and television areas, I mean, and, and then the super shows. I mean, you guys really, you cover it all. And for a guy like me who has a tendency to work a lot of late hours, you guys are a, a, a lifesaver. Because at, at night, you know, there's not really a whole lot to do. I mean, I, you can only listen to Rust in Peace so many times. <laughs> you need a little change, especially when you start getting to the coffee hours. You need something that's going to hold your attention a little more than just music. So podcasts is the way to go, and you guys are, are my salvation. You're my, to use the Armored State term, you're my symbol of salvation. Oh, wow, my favorite album. <laughs> that's so metal. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, hey, thank you guys so much, and uh, just just it's an honor for I'm very humbled by you guys saying that, and it's just it's an honor just to be able to talk with you guys. Uh, you guys are class acts all the way, and thank you so much for taking time. Uh, you know, because I know it's it's probably not often you two to get together, so thank you so much for taking the time to just kind of hang it hang out with us and uh, dork it up a little bit. Thank you, sir. Thanks, we are Rob. honored and we are big fans as well. Guys, well, hey, have a have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll catch you guys soon. Thanks. All right, man, thank you. All right, see you guys. Two, can y'all hear me? Check, uh, check the plug. I think we're going to plug these down there. Yeah, because you figured it out. No, actually, Max was uh, messing around with him for I guess I'm blaming you on the cat. Yes, you're blaming me. Uh, I think it's on the problem. Okay, Rob, talk to us again. Hold on, I don't have to come in here. Okay, never mind, hold up. <laughs> Okay, Rob, uh, can we hear you now? Hey, guys. Yes, we can really hear you now. Oh, wow. I can hear myself. <laughs> Hit the man on a couple other occasions. And those other times, I wouldn't want to see Dave was abrasive, but you could tell he was pretty road-weary at that point. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. 
And this was the most energetic I had seen him as far as meet rates go. Oh, how cool is that? It kind of reminds me um, a different story. This was in Camden, New Jersey, but I remember my poor mom, she had no idea what she was getting me into. It was my 16th birthday. And uh, she was like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I got you. Uh, I, I uh, was listening to, was it, I think it was WIP, the radio station. 94. Yeah, that's it, 94. Oh, my gosh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, yeah, she was, uh, she was listening to that, and uh, I think somehow she became one of the callers that actually <laughs> won the tickets for OzFest, and it was like 2000. And it was my uh, 16th birthday, I think. And I'd never been to a concert in my life. And uh, so I go to OzFest, and oh my gosh, that was the scariest thing I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, I would not recommend that as somebody's uh, entry-level show. Oh my goodness, I was uh, completely, I remember the first band I saw was uh, Disturbed, and they actually, back then, they, they really put on a really good show, and then, uh, you know, we had gotten there probably around one or two in the afternoon, and we stayed all the way till, of course, Black Sabbath to come out, and, uh, but I remember in between each band setting up, they had this guy that would uh, uh, come out on stage, and he would literally staple and nail stuff to his head. And he'd pull people out of the, the crowd to nail stuff to his head. I was like, oh, my gosh, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was terrifying. But at the same time, I was fascinated. But, uh, you know, later on, I got to go, go to some pretty neat concerts. But I've never gotten to see uh, Megadeth. I've never gotten to see Iron Maiden live. Um, that's definitely on my bucket list uh, before it's all said and done. They are two bands you need to make it a point to go see because... They're two of the tightest shows. I mean, as far as the quality of the of the music oh, being absolutely. played, and in Maiden's case with the stage presentation, I mean, Megadeth's a little more bare bones. They, they're it's they're meat the potatoes. It's about the musical performance, not the stage show. Maiden will give you both the uh, outstanding musical performance along with the big stage show, with Eddie, and everything like that. Too. So you'll get both of those two in one. But yeah, oh yeah, see. Shows yeah, see, I'm all about, oh gosh, good, just good guitar work and stuff, and of course good lyrics and everything, and you know, I still got the, the metal head in me, man, it's, it's uh, I think it's, it'll always be there, so, it's good, to, yeah, it's good to talk to fellow metal heads, definitely, and uh, by the way, keep that on the, you know, the back of your minds, because I just might, you know, surprise you with a uh, pop quiz here in a little What do y'all think of cryptic writings? Because that was definitely kind of a departure from, you know, Euthanasia and, uh, let's see, before that was Hit, Hidden Treasures and Countdown. What'd you guys think? I liked it. I mean, I, I was, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I don't crap on it like a lot of people right. do. I think it was very experimental, and and that's important as an artist. It was their, it was their, they were trying to dabble in, in getting on radio and being a little more commercial, which, hey, you know, they got to make money, they got to Yeah, that's um, their life. It was the first album that I saw them on tour with, so I guess it kind of a little special. I saw them on OzFest 98, it was the first time I actually saw them. Oh, um, wow. Live in a concert. But yeah, no, I mean, lots of great hits off that album, you know, mm -hmm. starting with Trust. She Wolf, Love Trust, uh, Almost Honest, Secret Place, yeah. uh -huh. Fight for Freedom, FFF. Oh, yeah. I love that song. I forgot that. And Vortex and Disintegrators. Uh, yes, I was I was running to that the other day. Vortex is fantastic too. Yeah. My Se uh, Secret Place. I mean, there's is um Prince of Darkness on that one? No, no that's that was the, Risk. That was the next one. The next one. Yeah. yeah. So what do you, so, what do y'all think yeah. of Risk? Because that was that was a huge departure from what they were. Risk, I, I always say it like this. If it were a, an album from any other band that was not Megadeth, it would be a decent, it would be a good album. True. Uh, it's, to me, it's it's kind of a subpar Megadeth album. I, there are good songs on it, but in, in, in its entirety, meh. Yeah. 
yeah. the world to hero was a nice kind of comeback uh, yeah it was that. great that's a great song the next album after that the kind of the return of the form before the arm injury today sidelining the whole rebirth of the band yeah yeah no now what do you, i'm just kind of curious and this you know we can cut this if y'all want to but like what did y'all think of the newer stuff because i've had a harder time getting into I'd say the last 10 years worth of Megadeth stuff. It's just, for me, but I don't know if it's just sem- sentimental. You know, I was I was more used to Rust in it's Peace, up. Countdown. Uh, but, like, Dystopia, I've struggled with. And um, what was the other one before it? Super Collider. Super Collider. I was just, like, there was one or two good songs from each one. But I'm just like, I miss the old sound of Megadeth. You know what? I'm right there with you. Okay. I just, I, I was just wondering. Uh, beauties, maybe one or two to me right. off each one, but the, I, you know what? I can't even name them. First of all, and I, I, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but the, I don't even own the last two albums. Yeah, Matt, I don't. I do, but in just in digital form, I actually don't have the discs. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, me. Yeah. Them. Um, I mean, I enjoyed after his comeback. I, I, you know, I enjoyed the System of Scale. I thought that was a good. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that's one of my favorite. Um, albums. The Abomination was a that. good album. Uh huh. Yep. Um, even Endgame was a pretty solid. Endgame album. Endgame was yeah. good. Too. Which one was the one that had? Was it Endgame that had forty-four minutes? Yes. I was gonna say forty-four minutes. 40. Oh, I love that song. Love that. Eyes in a firefight. I love Robin Cold. Running Cold as ice. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> that intro gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. And then what was after that? That's right and around. I think thirteen was the next one for Endgame. Really? Yeah. Because then we met like right in between. Endgame, Endgame was like two thousand nine. Endgame was two thousand nine, and then thirteen came out shortly after we got together in twenty eleven. Really? Yeah. So remember you picked up Is right, it that old? Right before we went to <laughs> Iowa. Yeah, right before we went to Iowa for the first time in twenty eleven. I picked that up. Yeah. I did. <laughs> See, I'm my memory is shot. Thank you, eighties. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Dystopia. I, I I've warmed to some of the songs. I, um, Super Clutter. I just I there's no. one or two songs in there that I can say, all right, well maybe I could listen to the rest of it. Like the song Super Clutter to me is just it's I don't know, it's it's white noise. It's it's not it's, it's kind, kind of, of it's, it's nothing special. It's kind yeah, of slow. You know, not really memorable. And, and, and yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I just I just wonder if it was just me. <laughs> it's not. It just it it, it, it lacks punch. It lacked soul. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the title track is on my road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think higher, the world explodes. I mean, like really, if, if, let me just say that if 13 really did come out shortly after we met, I mean, we've only been together five years. They put out three albums in five years. You're, you're, yeah. you're just, you're you're like the... We, we have often kind of compared them with Metallica as most of the time. I'm a fan of Metallica and Megadeth. In fact, I was a Metallica fan first and then found oh, Megadeth. Yeah through learning the history of Metallica. Um, Metallica has the problem now where they wait too long between too their long. albums. Like it's been almost, it's been eight years since they've last put out an album. Yeah. Into the, into the trend of putting out They're too just, many. Yeah, I think it's if, if you took, fast. if you cherry pick the best from like the last two or three albums, put them all into one list and made an album out of it, be it'd good. be a pretty phenomenal freaking album. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of stuff that probably would have hit the cutting room floor that ended up getting on with this. And the, and the, the funny part is, especially with any artist, whatever genre your money is not in your albums anymore your money is in touring yeah and merch and, too. and merch and megadeth i mean in the five years we've been together we've seen them seven times and, we, and the last time we saw them was in 2012 in we, 2012 we, we actually I mean, really, skipped a couple we were like you know what it was either a money thing or a scheduling right. thing or but the, you well, know what yeah that was what i was leading to as great as megadeth is live and they really are the last they're, they're phenomenal live. They really are a great band live. 
but it's just a rehash of the last show we saw, except for maybe one or two songs. They play all the so same songs, so they're pushing out these albums, but they're not even playing them. Ah, oh, man, that's crazy. And the first song in every show will be Trust. Yeah, Trust. Oh, yeah. And it's a great song live, but when you see it all the time, it's kind of redundant. If it's your first go Man, that's awesome. Wow, that's trust. awesome. When it's the fifth time in a row you've gone to a show yeah, and they start like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> it up a little bit. Although they are, I heard, I was just telling Matt, they are supposed to be hitting the North American road soon. Wow. Monomarth on the bill. And Matt is a huge yes. Monomarth fan, so I'm sure we'll be going to see them. Love me some Viking metal. Yeah. Oh, see, I've, I've never, I'm, ne I'm, I'm ashamed to admit this, I've never even heard of them. Uh, you know what? Me either until I went to see them live and it was a great show. Really? I don't know if I'm still into the music, but see, I just love seeing a great show. I don't care yeah. what you're playing. You could play the kazoo. <laughs> and if you really know how to pull it off, I'll enjoy myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, lyrically, it's, it's, it's Viking Metal, so it's very, you know, it's very much Norse mythology, basically, told, uh, um, uh, in, in, in song form. Uh, to metal. <laughs> yeah, vocals are kind of growly, cookie monster vocals. So that's not, <laughs> not like. But the the, the like the music and the instrumentation is phenomenal. It really and the is. show itself. I mean, you talk about Maiden having a big stage show. Yeah. I mean, they're not quite as big as Maiden because they don't have the budget. But you know, they had a a, a, a giant Viking helmet on stage. Yeah, it was killer. <laughs> wow. Had guys dressed up as Vikings. You know, and they doing came out sword in the middle of the show. <laughs> it was like the many times and having a metal show at the same time. Yeah, that is cool. cool. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. That's very cool. Yeah, I uh oh man. I've I've kind of I've lost touch of metal a little bit. I've not uh You got a baby now. Yeah, I know. I Jesus Can I just say that your baby Grayson is the cutest freaking thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Every time I see a picture that you post, I look at Matt and I'm like, Isn't he the cutest yeah, little right. baby? <laughs> well thank you. Or the cutest kid on the I swear to God, where did he get all that hair? Oh, I have no idea. That is God. the funniest. Chris Beth and I, we both had cue balls, so I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. Let me give you props because I, I think I know you got his name. His name is based after after Dick Grayson, right? Probably. It is. It is. I, I just like that name, and I was like, you know what? Why not? <laughs> I think props for using, no, that, awesome. for using the Grayson name, man. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Awesome. I love seeing you guys got you know, your Ninja Turtle collection yeah. and stuff like that. Comic <laughs> collection. Oh, so, thanks, so, man. You, you know, you're 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 totally. You, 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 you've gone full bore into the, the, the role of being a dad, and I think you're going to be outstanding <laughs> at it. Uh, thanks a lot, buddy. I, it means a lot, man. I, oh, I, sure, it will be the most amazing journey. <laughs> yeah. Really. My daughter just turned 18, so. Wow. No, God bless you. Good for you. Just graduated one We just graduated. Her. <laughs> wow. What about that? That's a that's a big one. How are you feeling about that? Uh, Old. <laughs> You know, it's hard because, you know, I mean, especially for the last five years, it's just been her and me. Yeah, so yeah. we're very, very close. And to, I, I realize, I'm starting to realize now that I'm going to have to let that go. Tough though, huh? It's, yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard as a parent. You'll deal with it someday. Oh, You'll, Lord. Call me up. <laughs> call me up, Rob. That sounds good. Swap How, how'd you do this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my son's graduating high school. And he still has the best head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just keep him gaming. Keep a controller in yeah, his hand. Yeah, there you go. Keep oh, yeah. Still occupied by yourself. You'll be fine. Be his player too when you need to be, and uh, he'll be with you the entire time. Yeah, my daughter's totally a retro gamer. Oh, cool. Totally a retro gamer. 
much more retro than I am. Oh, yeah, so cool. she's she's very much into like the PS2 game compare. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I think it's we're far enough. Well, it's her retro. retro. Yeah. Well, it's her it's, retro. Yeah, and it's at least 15 years old. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I put that in the category. So, yeah. Yeah. You're you're at least you know two gens back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's my daughter. That's always a great question to get asked too. Is like, well, what's your what's your definition of retro? Because some people are like, well, it's only the Atari 2600. No, God, no. Oh, gosh, no. It's, oh, it's, it's anything that you can't buy off the shelf anymore. It's nice and better. That's standard, yeah. But now we're getting the baby NES, the mini NES. Yeah. So right. A modern console you, you know, again. I'll tell you, the only reason they're making it look like the NES is to appeal to the retro gamers. Yep, yep. Only Smart. reason. I will be there day one to Absolutely. buy one. Absolutely. Me it's too. Cool. <laughs> it's awesome. I want my baby NES. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I was just like, take my money. Especially when I found I was only going to be sixty bucks. I was like, oh gosh, I got to buy this now. Well, yeah. The game listing is is outstanding. The Thirty games they pick, man. And others, of course, there's always some games you wish were still in. Oh yeah. This, but man, the list they pick, and of course, you, you know they they favored their own first party titles over third party. But oh yeah. Man, <laughs> it's it's an awesome list. I mean, I, I can't complain. With, 30 that they picked. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, I think they had at least two Castlevania games on there. I was like, sold. Just take my money. Three. Yeah, yeah. So why not Castlevania 3, man? <laughs> That'll be in the the um the other nest, the slightly bigger nest. Yes. But still mini. They'll make a mini version of the top loader that they came out with. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Dog, with the dog bone controllers. Dog bones. That there, that's it. <laughs>